Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. hardly remember when this shelter in place started, but about a week before that started, I, uh, I was at home. I don't know. I think I was watching the news. It's about 8.30, and I thought to myself, I think this might get worse. And so I went to the store. I went to Safeway to get some canned goods and some beans and rice and some kind of staples that, that last a long time. Um, not hoarding, but just getting a ton, you know, some stuff um, to put in our house. And not many people were in the store um, in Safeway that time of night. There was a few people, and so I'm, I'm walking around the store with my cart, and, um, but, but people had already taken all the toilet paper. You know, there was no toilet paper to be, to be seen. And I walk by, you know, when you're in a grocery store late at night, they have kind of pallets of um, stacks of food that they need to stock. And there's a couple of pallets kind of blocking one of the aisles to go on. And I walk past this, this pallet, and at the top of the pallet, there was um, a big old one of those, what do you say, like a cube of toilet paper, like a lot of toilet paper. And then, um, and so I said, oh, great, I, got, I can get some toilet paper. You know, we had some at the house, not too much. So I grabbed that cube of toilet paper, stuffed it underneath the, the lower part of the shopping cart, and then continued to walk down the aisle to look for the few more things that I could get for our family in case, you know, this lasted for a long time. And here's what happened. About halfway down that aisle, I realized there was another block of toilet paper on top of another pallet right next to it. And I thought to myself, I could get two of those. You know, this thing might, might last for a long time. And so I paused there in the aisle thinking, hey, if one is good, two is better. And I was struggling because what's the difference between wisdom and greed? And I was wrestling in my head, and I thought, I don't need all that toilet paper. What if somebody else needs it? And by then, there was a few stories of people taking way too much. So I left it there at the store. Hopefully, somebody that needed it got it. But where is the line? And I'm not just talking about walking down an aisle and getting some more toilet paper. In fact, I should mention, this is the good stuff. Charmin Ultra Soft. And I'm taking this back home with me, by the way. But it was a brick of this stuff. And we're, we're wrapping up our series, um, A Fisherman's Guide, Navigating the Store. And when it comes to navigating the store, how do, we, how do we fund? Where do we give our offerings? Where do we support? What ministries? How much? How often? That kind of thing. Those are the questions that come on. And with this, we need wisdom. In a time when everyone else is hunkering down, especially with resources. We're like, we're not going to share. We're not going to give those. God's called us to be more free than ever, but he also calls us to be wise. We need wisdom on how to navigate the store. Pray with me. Father, we need your wisdom in this difficult season. We need your perspective. That's what wisdom means. It means perspective, your vantage point to pull back to 30,000 feet and see things as they really are, the way you see them. We need your hope. We need your peace. 
We need your assurance. We know that you've called us to more, more than just this hunkering down, more than this survivalist mode. But honestly, we don't know how to thrive. We don't know how to live life to the full in a situation like we find ourselves in. But you promised to give wisdom to those who ask, so we're asking for wisdom. Come now, Lord Jesus. Amen. So this is the last message in our Fisherman's Guide series. Um, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's uh, kind of a play on Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8, where he says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all over the world. And so we looked at that and said, what's it like to be a witness in Jerusalem, in my little community? And we talked about fishing in a creek and how do you love your family and those closest to you? How do you share God's love with them? And then we invited Mike Romberger to come and speak because he knows and he's guided churches into how to love the community. And his core question was, do you care? Jesus has compassion, this deep compassion coming from his bowels that he calls us to, to care. And then we looked at how do we love the Samaritans? How do you fish in a lake? And, and the, the, the area got bigger and we had Mark Campbell come in, who's really good at living life on the edge. How do you love people that are different than you? How do you share God's good news with them? And he challenged us with great stories and the, the core issue of, you know what? Get out of your comfort zone and go out. That's what God calls us to do. And then last week, we looked at the whole world and we said, how do we fish in the ocean? And it was such a good time for that message, a perfect time because when we're in this global pandemic, we have a sense for what people in some ways have felt many times throughout the world as we're uncomfortable. We lose the normal things that we take for granted. And then this week, staying in that theme of the perfect person, the perfect story, the perfect tool, we're going to look at navigating the store. And it's about generosity versus scarcity. And as this message was already set up, I still had some preparation to do it. I got in an email, an email from the Bible Project, and it was on generosity. And I thought, this is the perfect, just like we had perfect guest speakers in Mike and Mark, we have a perfect video from the Bible Project that will demonstrate what God's trying to teach us through this navigating the store. Do we have this mindset of generosity or a mindset of scarcity? So enjoy this video, and then we'll take a deeper look into God's Word. Imagine your friend invites you to a party. You arrive and there's lots of people, decorations, food and drink. There's enough for everyone. When you're hosted by someone that generous, you don't have to worry about your needs. You can just enjoy yourself and focus on the people around you. Yeah, that's what a good host wants for her guests. And this is the picture of the world that we find in the Bible. Creation is an expression of God's generous love. He's the host and humans are his guests in a world of opportunity and abundance. And we're called to keep the party going to spread his goodness. This is a beautiful picture, but it's not the way people experience the world. Rather, we find a world of scarcity and struggle, not abundance. And Jesus grew up in that kind of world, under military occupation, people losing their land or families to debt and poverty. And yet, he would say things like this. Look at the birds. 
They don't store up food for themselves, yet they have enough. Or consider the wildflowers. They're beautiful and abundant, and they don't stress about their existence. And you all should live that way, too. But surely Jesus knew that things don't always work out. I mean, sometimes there really isn't enough. And Jesus did experience poverty firsthand, but he viewed the world through the story of the Hebrew scriptures, which claimed that our scarcity problem isn't caused by a lack of resources. Rather, the problem is our mindset that God can't be trusted. Maybe God's holding out on me. Maybe there isn't enough, and maybe I need to take matters into my own hands. And once we're deceived into that mindset of scarcity, we can justify the impulse to take care of me and mine before anyone else. And that leads to envy, and anger, violence, and a world where it seems like there's not enough. The party's over, it's turned into a battleground. But God wants humans to experience his generosity, and so he chooses one people, the family of Abraham, and he promises to give them the abundance that he wants for everybody else. God will provide what they need. All they have to do is trust his generosity. And through them, the whole world will see how generous the host really is. But that's not what happens. Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, enter a land of abundance, and they promptly forget the host who gave it to them. They act like it's all theirs, and like there's not enough and it leads to war and Israel's self-destruction. If I were the host of this party, I think I'd just give up. But God doesn't give up. What he does is surprising. He gives another gift. Another gift? Yeah, but this gift is different. What God gives is himself. All right, and Jesus, the host himself, comes to join in on the spoiled party. And notice, Jesus lives with the conviction that there is enough and that our generous host can be trusted. His mindset of abundance allowed him to live sacrificially and generously, even towards his enemies. And Jesus called his followers to trust in God's abundance like him. And that's why he said things like, sell your possessions and give to the poor, or don't worry about your life. He's inviting us to live by a different story, one that is built on trust in God's goodness and love. But living generously doesn't mean life is gonna go well. I mean, look at Jesus. He was betrayed by his friends and he suffered. And this was no surprise to Jesus. He knew that people would take advantage of his generosity. In fact, that was his plan. Really? Yeah, think about it. Jesus knows that we're all hopelessly deceived by this lie that there's not enough. Yeah, that lie needs to be defeated. And so that's what Jesus was doing when he gave us the gift of his life. Jesus' death was the ultimate expression of God's generous love. Yeah, God's love can turn death into life and scarcity back into abundance. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, you know the gift of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, that even though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And Jesus called his followers to live like the real party has begun. Yes, he called it the kingdom of God. And our invitation to this party is yet another gift, the personal presence of God's own spirit that can teach us how to trust the generosity of the host, just like Jesus did. And when you believe there's enough, you start seeing opportunities for generosity everywhere with our time and money, our attention. Yes, one of the most important ways that we can experience the abundance of God's new creation is sharing with others because of our trust that God is the generous host.
Isn't that just good? I would recommend you watch that over and over. I've watched it a number of times. And what it does for me is it just takes off some of the tension. You know, there's this, this um, worry, which we'll read a passage about. It's just a tearing apart. And you read that and you go, oh, that's right. God is gracious. He gives to me. So I'm free from worrying about hoarding and I'm free to be generous. I would also encourage you, the Bible Project, go on their website. They have a weekly, um, I guess, a weekly email with some questions and videos that they send out um, as a result of being in this lockdown, this kind of sheltering in place. They said, we're going to send out something once a week that families and, and households can do. So get on that email list. And plus, if you're bored, they've got the best videos and you can learn a ton, almost like getting a seminary degree by going through their videos. Highly recommend the Bible Project. So uh, pull out your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 12. It's another um, telling of really of the Sermon on the Mount. It's got the information from there. Luke chapter 12, we're starting at verse 22. And what I wanted us to do this morning is we've, we've heard a really great teaching from that video on generosity versus scarcity, but I really want us to look at what Jesus says specifically. I want to I dive into his word and just kind of look a little bit closer into these words and see if we can't pull out some truths to inspire us and encourage us to live God's way, to keep the party going, as the video said. God's a good host, a generous host, and he's called us to keep the party going and join him in the party. So Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 22 to 34, we'll be in that section, and I'll read a few verses and say a few things and work my way through the passage. Uh, Verse 22 says, and he said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? Life is more than food. And you're more valuable than birds. Now, let me say something about ravens. I, uh, I had an ornithology class in college and love birds. Do a little bit of bird watching now and then. And we actually have some ravens that hang out here at High Street Community Church. They sit on the roof and they talk back and forth to each other. Sometimes they fly up in the uh, uh, eucalyptus trees. But they are, um, you can study or Google this in your spare time, Um, they've determined, many scientists have said, the raven is the smartest animal on earth. Smarter than chimpanzees, smarter than dolphins, and and there can be, you know, discussions about those things. But but what they've decided or determined about the ravens is that they can unlock puzzles. They can use tools to do things. They're a very, very smart creature, um, which I think is just interesting. And then Jesus picks them out on purpose to say, literally, The smartest animal doesn't worry about what they eat. Even though they're smart and can figure out how to get it, God in heaven takes care of them. And you're way more valuable than this smartest animal. That's what God's telling us here. Don't worry. Worry tears us apart. Continuing, verse 25. And which of you, this is Jesus asking this great question, by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. If then you're not able to do a small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? I love that question. Jesus, who's God? He says this thing. If you can't even do a small thing, like add an hour to your life, if we had a crowd in here, I'd ask anybody in here, raise your hand if you can add an hour to your life. No one can do it. We do things like, oh, if we exercise or we diet, we can, we can be healthier. And they say it adds years. We don't know that. We, you know, it does help you be healthier, but only God knows how long you're going to live. And he's fully in charge of that. So Jesus is asking us a God-sized question. Like, can you do a little thing and make yourself live longer? No, because that's God territory. Can you do anything by worrying? No. That's God territory. God's responsibility and call is to feed us, to clothe us. So he says, don't worry about it. Verse 29, and do not seek what you're to eat and what you're to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your father knows that you need them. I came across an article that if we can, if we can put it up, it was in the Bloomberg and, and it says, countries are starting to hoard food, threatening global trade. You know, a lot of our food distribution in the world works because this country is really good at uh, growing wheat. Or, you know, like our area, we're the salad bowl. We grow a bunch of salad and it goes all over the world. And in this pandemic, countries are saying, hey, I got to take care of myself. I'm not going to send any wheat or I'm not going to send any, you know, rice or, or salad, those kinds of things. And then that leads to the demise of the world. We got to share because the world does, that, does it that way. And then here's the punchline. Here's the bullseye of the whole passage of what Jesus is trying to say. Verse 31. Instead, so don't do all this hoarding. Don't do all this worrying. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things shall be added to you. Seek his kingdom. He'll take care of you better than he takes care of a raven. Do you believe that? I know you probably believe it because I read it and it's in the scripture, but do you believe it and live it? If you're like me, I struggle with that sometimes. Sometimes I think I got to take care of myself. I got to worry about food or clothes or whatever. You're walking down aisle nine, you have a, a bunch of toilet paper and you think, should I get that second pack? So instead of shopping for stuff, shop for God's kingdom. And it says seek, and the word they're seeking is like look for. And so it says don't look for all the stuff that you got to, you know, like clothes and food. Don't, don't, you know, you need to get that stuff, but don't make it your focus. Focus on God's kingdom. What is God up to? What is God doing? And at a time like this, God's surely doing a lot. So be a part of it. Look around and say, what is God doing? What would you have me do? And get involved with what God's doing. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about the small stuff. You can't even do a small thing like add time to your life, but you can join God. That's the invitation. And then we hear the, the command most listed in the whole Bible. It's throughout the whole Bible. Verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants you to find out what he's doing. He wants you to join. He's not hiding and making it crazy difficult. He just wants you to say yes, and he'll make it easy for you to join him. He says this, sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not... Okay. 
Everybody got a little bathroom break there, right? So the core question there that Jesus is really asking us is, where is your heart? Where is your heart? And when your heart is on the Lord, it's not divided. There's no tension. You're living in line with the creator. This is how he designed it. I love that picture of a party. Enjoy the party and then keep the party going. That's what we're to do. If there's tension, if there's worry, that's where you're torn apart. That's where you can say, I think my heart's in the wrong place. I've put it on something temporal, something earthly. There's a couple other verses I want to uh, just look at. There's, the Bible is t- loaded with them, but I'll just look at two. Is in Acts chapter uh, 20, verse 35 on generosity. Paul's talking to the Ephesians. He's just about to leave them, and he writes this in verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 35. He says, in all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. And a couple things in there go in stark contrast to the current of the world. You got to swim upstream to live this kind of lifestyle. Paul says, work hard. Our our culture, which this is a decent thing, work hard so you can take care of yourself. But he's saying work hard so not only take care of yourself, but take care of the weak. That's part of God's kingdom is work really hard so not only you take care of yourself, but take care of the weak. And then he quotes Jesus a phrase that says, it's more blessed to give than receive. Another good question to ask ourselves if we believe. And then probably one of the most popular passages on giving is in Malachi um, chapter 3. Um, verse 10, it says, bring the full tithe. God is saying this, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. The only place in the Bible, God says, test me because we're not supposed to put God to the test, but he says, test me this. You give In this case, if you're giving to the church regularly, test me and watch me just throw open the the doors of blessing in your life. God challenges us to test him. God's ways are just different. It's an upside-down kingdom. Actually, his ways are right. Our ways are upside-down. Do you believe that? Because guess what? The more I study this, the more I think about this, the more I think about our church and our culture, there's no better time than now. Now is the time to be generous. People are scared. People are drawing in. It's almost like um, when this is all happening, people are hunkering down. And there's a wisdom to that to keep contagion from spreading. So we should be sheltering in place. I fully affirm that responsibility. But it's not a time to just be self-protective and even taking from other people that need stuff. People are drawing in emotionally. They're drawing in physically, financially, all these things. We're doing that. And yet God, he's been preparing our church. He's been calling us out. He's been saying, follow me. Follow me with all you've got. Love me with everything you have. We do that first and foremost. Love God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. And then love your neighbor as yourself. So what does that look like? We're ready to do this. Sometimes in this context, I'm not sure what, I, what we should do, but God wants to show us. He said in his word, he's going to make it easy. He's going to reveal his plans. So I wanted us to look at some ways to fish. We did talk about fishing for your family and close friends, in the community, um, in the 
region with people that are different than us. Talked about how do we fish around the world. But some, kind, some types of fishing is done at the store. And I mentioned this early at the start of the series where I said, um, some people can catch fish way better than you can, way better than I can. So we support them financially. Some people do stuff in the church way better than you can do or than I can do. So we support the church that way. So I'm going to look at ways to support the church and what's the result of that. And then also nonprofits and missionaries. So your tithes and offerings, that's the most common, uh, frequent way that we are generous with God, that we're generous, is that we give regular offerings and regular giving to our church. Um, I am happy to hear that our online giving is fixed. It was uh, four months we didn't have online giving. And then we, uh, we have to close the church building so you can't worship here and our I'm just going to, by faith, know that every time we lose the signal that there's a commercial on your feed. But um, I was talking about giving to the church at High Street, so it's actually challenging to give here at High Street. But those who, who count the offering, again, I don't hear what people give or know how much or what, all that stuff. They just say a lot of different people in the church give. Our giving is very spread and, um, and very healthy. And people have made the effort. Some have even come into this room and put their offering in the box because they have a key and many of you have been mailing it, and we just lost it. Guess what my next line is? Giving for our tech upgrades. Hello, YouTube, all four of you watching. Okay, we're back. So, you know, it's interesting that this tech would be giving us a headache right now because um, we actually have been given funds to purchase more tech stuff. We've gotten half of it, but clearly we need to buy the second half this week so we can be fully um, online. But that gift has been given. And we, um, because people that love this church, uh, we were getting ready for this, not even knowing we needed to be ready for this. So that, um, because people give to the church, we have the ability to bring church outside of this building into your home. Um, Through giving, and this is probably my favorite part of this message, um, High Street Community Church has youth ministry. We have kids ministry, we have college, we have adult equipping, we have all kinds of things. But I wanted us just to look at our youth ministry because we have two people, uh, Drew uh, Loring, who's our youth director, and I got a little video clip um, of him on Instagram because he's really pastor of our students. And he has the challenge of pastoring our students without meeting with them. And here's something that he's done is is, uh, and you should follow him on Instagram if you have an Instagram or get account, an account and follow him. So go ahead and play that um, piece from Drew on Instagram, pastoring our students. Yo, what's up, High Street Youth Crew? I just want to check in with you guys and say what's up, give you a little update. Um, I make this video because um, just because we don't have youth group for the next few weeks doesn't mean that we got to be disconnected from each other. So I made this video to connect with you guys, hopefully encourage you and just share some scripture with you uh, amidst this hard time. So in times like this, we face a lot of fear and anxiety and um, uncertainty, especially uncertainty in this uh, circumstance. And those things, those feelings bring up a lot of questions, a lot of questions that we don't and probably won't have perfect answers to anytime soon. So with that in mind, I wanted to share a couple things with you guys that I am certain of. First off, what I'm certain of 
is that God's peace is with us now. I'm certain that God's peace is with us amidst this situation. Oftentimes, uh, we view the storms of life as uh, suffering that we got to make it through until we can experience God's peace. But the truth is, his peace is with us amidst the trials, during it. And this is because Jesus already overcame the world. He conquered sin and death, meaning that those things that pain, those trials, don't have the final say. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So, because of this hope that we have in Jesus, we can experience his peace during these times. Now, one other thing that I want to share with you that I'm certain of is that God wastes nothing. Not a single thing does God waste. He's going to use this situation, even this one, to draw us closer to him and to continue to show his provision to us that never fails. Now, we just have to listen and seek his wisdom and guidance amidst this. Now, you may remember if you were at Edge or Oasis a few weeks back, some scripture that I shared. Um, it's out of James. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, it sounds crazy, right, to hear, consider it pure joy when we face trials, right? That just sounds wild, but we get to consider it pure joy. Wasn't that good to hear Drew shepherding our students, encouraging them? If you want to watch the whole video, you're going to have to log into that site and watch him do such a great job. He also took some students out to the Second Harvest Food Bank and work with the National Guard. And it's good to have some of the younger folks do work that some of our senior adults were doing and can't do during this uh, sheltering in place. So um, youth ministry is doing some great things. And one of the things we did is we just hired, um, some places are having to scale back, but we just hired a female associate youth director. And Jamie posted something on Instagram that I thought I would show us too, because not only do we have Drew doing a great job, but we have a gal that's focused um, not only on the whole, whole youth group, but specifically to teenage gals. Go ahead and play that clip of Jamie. Hey guys, hope y'all are doing good. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Jamie. I'm going to be hanging out with Edge and Oasis more. So when we can meet back up again, hopefully I'll be meeting you guys soon. Um, while we aren't meeting in person, Drew and I wanted to make an effort to pop on here more, be a familiar face as you're scrolling through Instagram, because I know we're all doing a lot of that right now. Um, so yeah, something I wanted to talk about is something I've been thinking about for the last week and a half or so, um, which has just been that God is a big God. He's a great God and he's in control. And these times of uncertainty doesn't mean that he's uncertain. He is very certain. Um, and he's big, he's in control, and this, this thing that we're all going through right now did not hit him out of surprise. He knows exactly what's going on. Um, so I wanted to read some verses that I have been dwelling on the last week and a half or so, um, and that is Psalms 62, 5 through 8, and that says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. 
On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my fortress is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. I love that these verses remind me that God is my rock and my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my safe place. Um, his hands are the ones that hold me. His heart is the one that cares for me. Um, that has been super Thank you, Jamie. Um, again, follow them on Instagram to, to kind of spy on how they're loving our students. Now, here's the reality. Giving in our church helps support those two people who are loving students that I wouldn't get a chance, that you wouldn't get a chance to minister to. They're sharing God's love. They're clearly sharing God's word. They're meditating in God's word and sharing it to students who need to hear hope, who are stuck in their homes, who are yeah, like, like Jamie said, they're just scrolling. What a great thing to come across, a video of her sharing her hope about what's going on right now. Also, by giving to High Street, by um, navigating the store, we have missionaries at our church that are... Actually, I've gotten um, some emails from some of them. They're not able to travel if, if they're already out somewhere, but some have had to stay home and cancel flights. But so many of them, they're doing Bible translations in different cultures and countries and languages, um, many of them are scattered throughout the world, and they're meeting needs. And ultimately, this sounds crass, but they're catching fish that you and I just can't catch. And we need their expertise, and they're equipping so many people to catch fish throughout the world because of your giving to this church. Our missionaries are amazing. And another one that doesn't have need probably right this moment, but we have a benevolence fund. And we usually put these red envelopes out at the first of the month, and uh, people give to that. And we have a fund. And certain people will ask, hey, how's the fund? And what that fund is, is people come by or call the church that are in desperate times. They need help with rent. They need help with food. They need a, a gas card, that kind of stuff. And we have a fund to take care of people. And that fund's always been taken care of. And we've helped a ton of people. We have a good reputation in the community and amongst organizations to give, um, to direct people to that fund. But I don't know this by fact, this is just my sense, is that fund is going to become in great need over the next weeks, months, and maybe even years. And we'll keep in touch with you, but that's a way that giving to High Street, that we can care for people in our community and the real needs that are um, urgent, that pop up, that our church loves to give to and take care of. We have a, a committee that takes care of that stuff, that interviews people and discerns where and how much we should give. So be cognizant of the Benevolence Fund as something that we give to as part of High Street Community Church. God is using your faithful giving. I don't know if part of this was cut out, but so many in our church give faithfully and go to great efforts, despite our efforts to block it, it seems like. People give above and beyond um, so that our church can thrive even in a difficult time. And it's a joy as a pastor to know that this is an area for our church that's healthy, that's mature. And not only can our church make it through, a difficult time, but we may be helping other churches or certainly helping other people as uh, t challenges and difficulties are on our way. So thank you for your giving to allow us to do what God's called us to do as a church. Um, a couple other little small stories that I thought I'd share just in the last few weeks. I mentioned the giving, a gift towards our tech needs, which is so timely. Um, we also, there was a gal that, what, before I came, but continue to tithe through our church, even though she moved away years ago to another state. She's tithed until she passed away just recently. And then she mentioned us in her will. 
because she cares about our church and cares about God's mission in our church, that her legacy is living on through her gifts to our church. And another person in our church was so excited, he told me about um, a fund that he'd set up through a community grant. And he wanted to tell me that, hey, I mentioned High Street, and so High Street's getting a grant from this community grant by a person in our church excited about how he is going to able to give. He says, whether I'm here or not, you know, he's older in years, but he was so excited because he's discerned a creative way to use what God has given him, stewarding it in a way that will bless not only our church, but throughout the community in so many ways. And if you want to, if you want some of those creative ideas, I know he would love to share with other people on how to do that. So connect uh, with me and I'll, I'll set you up with him. Very creative ways to give. Um, what about generosity outside of High Street Community Church? Regular giving is important, um, but there's times, I know for Maria and I, there's certain missionaries that aren't necessarily supported by our church or nonprofit organizations that we're passionate about and we believe in, or even on occasion, urgent needs that somebody has. And God calls us in his word, not just to give regularly to our church, but to say, hey, when there's a need or something outside of what we're doing here, be generous and give to that. It brings you great joy. Jesus said it's more blessed to give then receive. And I know it's been a joy for us to be a part of that. And I know we have been blessed. It, it works both ways. People have taken care of me and my family in difficult times because they wanted to give to us in a di- tough situation above and beyond what they were already giving regularly to their church. So wrapping it up this morning, I wanted to uh, tell you about two people. They were um, both literally called by God to share his goodness to outsiders. And they both had a choice. It was almost like when God told them, hey, share my good news, share my love with outsiders. It's like they were walking down the aisle in a store and they paused. Should I take care of myself so I'm really comfortable? You know, I could have gone back and got that second brick of toilet paper. I could have sold it, made a ton of money, huh? Or I could have left it for somebody else. And so God's called these two leaders. One was Jonah. He said, Jonah, go share my good news. Tell, my, tell your enemies to repent and turn to me. And Jonah, instead of running and saying yes to God, he ran away. And if you read the passage, he goes down to Joppa. Then he goes down in a boat. And then he goes down to the... It's a down, 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 depressing situation till I believe he died. It's a death scenario. So when you're running from God and he calls you to be generous and you run from God and say, no, I don't want to do that thing, you endure pain up to even different forms of death. The other person was Paul. Paul was called by God to go share with outsiders and he said yes. And he was also shipwrecked, but he was rescued time and time again until the end of his life, very productive life, he heard this, well done, my good and faithful servant. So which one do you want to be? Jonah, who, by the way, was given multiple chances by God and did end up obeying God. Or do you want to be Paul and just say yes right away and say yes to God's call to share his abundance? In fact, the book of Jonah ends with a question. And you could focus the question to be like this. Do you care? Because Jonah cared, and then he didn't care. And then he cared, and then he just cared about himself. He wrestled. That was the, the core of that book. And the core message that we heard a few weeks ago from Mike 
and the stories that Mark shared that were rooted in, do you care about people? God cares about all people, not just some people, all people. So when it comes to fishing, and we're talking about fishing, which is scary, it's uncomfortable, it's difficult, it's risky. And yet, as I shared at the start, I can't think of anything more exciting, more adventurous, more thrilling when you share God's love and somebody receives it. They believe that God is good. They trust Jesus as their Savior. I can't think of anything better than that. Jesus' invitation 2,000 years ago still remains. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. Let's pray. Father, your ways are above ours. And yet you invite us to work with you. You tell us your yoke is easy and your burden is light. You came that we might have life abundantly to the full. Forgive us when we're tricked and we believe scarcity, that we have to hoard. We have to be fearful and worry, torn apart. Bless us with your ways of being abundant, carefree in you. A follower of you is full of hope. A follower of you is full of joy. A follower of you is constantly in trouble. But we don't have to worry. We can be peaceful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.